it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And we want to welcome you again to Take the Elevator. And I'm not going to keep counting down the episodes. I think that's going to get really lame real quick. Well, no, I, I like that because um, we're getting towards the end of the year. Okay. And this is our first year. So to get to 21 episodes is pretty exciting. True. And you know what's interesting? And I don't know what the legal age is in Las Vegas. I believe it's 21 to gamble, drink and all that stuff. And our guest today, who you will meet later, actually comes to us from Vegas, moved to Cali, I think, for three years now. Yeah. So it's funny how that works out. You know how I am. I've got to connect the dots. By the time this airs, I think this airs on the day of voting or the day after? The day after. The day after. So... Things are going to change by the time this gets out there, and I wish we knew what the outcome was so we could talk about it a little bit. A lot of changes are in our future, trust me. Anything you want to share on? Absolutely not. Okay, yeah, we won't even (laughs) touch that. So we got some really good feedback. Once again, thank you guys for reaching out to us about our top 10 or 10 faves. That was a lot of fun to do. Um, Some interaction on Jen the Builder, our website. So thanks for going in there and sharing your thoughts with us. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate that. Corey, what was your favorite thing about the 10 faves? What's your fave about the 10 faves? My favorite thing was to come up with those different voices in the studio. and (laughs) Everyone was like, Jen, what? We didn't even know what that was. They thought they had to play it back because they thought Parts of it was so weird. No, oh, and that was a lot of fun being weird like that. It was. And that's how we learn our best is just getting out there and doing it. And it wherever it falls it where, is where it falls. And then we learn moving forward. Indeed. Every day. Elevate. Every day. Elevate. Okay, Corey. I didn't even ask, do you have any quotes or anything motivational that you want to start off with? Yes. Go ahead. Word of advice. Never look directly into the sun. Okay, that's great. That's great. So for those who didn't know that, please uh, take heed. And speaking of sun, I can't believe that we are November 1st. When we record, this is November 1st, and I think it's like high 80s today. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Or it feels like it, but I heard we're going to get cool weather soon. Yeah, I've just been looking forward to the, the cooler weather and enjoying that. Right. Or as I say, the sweater weather. It's always more fun to dress in layers, I feel. But anyways, let's go ahead and go to Would You Rather and find out more about what you think, what I think on some of these questions. What number do you want? 215. That's a freeway here in Southern California. That's why I picked it. Is it? Yeah, actually. You never picked 210. I like the 210 better. 215. For those who live off 215, this one's for you. Would you rather drive an amphibious vehicle or a hovercraft? Definition of amphibious? So I think I saw this where it goes from water to land. Mm, Okay. You've seen them? Yeah. I would much rather drive a hovercraft. Really? Yes. That's one that's in the air. Yes, it floats or hum- yeah. hovers. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like I lose balance and like fall because there's not like I'm not on anything except the board itself. So I picked the amphibious. We haven't disagreed in a while on these, but the amphibious ones are pretty cool. I like that you can, you know, just go everywhere in it and have safe travels. All right. Well, when we come back, Corey, we're going to meet our very good friend, Alfonso, who is, again, originally from Vegas, or at least 
that's what I know of him, and I can't wait to hear his story. We are talking about heroes for the month of November, and I know November is a you know Thanksgiving's a big thing, especially here in our country. I think only here in our country. But aside from being thankful, we just kind of wanted to recall some stories about heroes, whether they be the actual hero themselves or people who want to recognize heroes in their lives. Yes. Every day. So I wanted to introduce our our guest, our special guest. And the reason why I wanted to do this was because I know this guy personally. Not only is he a friend, and I don't call everybody friend. I only call certain people friend for a very specific reason. You have to earn being a friend with people. I don't think you should just call everyone friend. True. With that being said, this man, this young man with so much knowledge, so much wisdom, has just imparted just that in my life. And I appreciate that so much. Join me in welcoming Alfonso. Yes, Alfonso. We are so excited to have you in the studio Welcome, today. welcome. Thank you, thank you. And with an intro like that, I, I was wondering if it was me that you were talking about. <laughs> I, couldn't, I wasn't sure. I was absolutely talking about Alfonso, a.k.a. Fonzie. I, I've always... The Fonz? Well... Like that guy? Actually, yeah. Because yeah. Fonzie is just cool. Yeah. He says, hey. <laughs> hey. And, <laughs> and, you know, I just really got to talk to him just a few hours before this recording. And he is that guy, even in his voice. And you guys are just going to adore him and his way of communication, which is very straightforward, honest, and real. And you, you had me captivated the whole time, Fonzie. And uh, he did something I even appreciate it more. He brought his counterpart, his better half, and we got a chance to sit with her and talk and have a good conversation and just a a joy to have in in our lives and in our house. So welcome both of you. And I know that we're going to have her back and get a chance to talk to her. So you guys will get a chance to know her as well. But let's focus on Fonzie just for a minute, because what Fonzie is going to tell us is an incredible story, a story that is not only heroic, but also encouraging. And he told me this story and it just captivated me. And I thought to myself, wow, we really got to have this guy on and and tell this story. Fonz, just give us a a little bit of background on yourself, you know, what your field of work is and just who you are. Uh, Well, uh, I'm a Sagittarius. I like long walks (laughs) on the beach. (laughs) Actually, Jen, I was born and raised in California. Okay. Yes. Uh, At the tender age of 21, I moved to uh, Las Vegas. There's that number again. 21. And I started, I was working security here in California, not really doing much. So I was given the opportunity to move out to Vegas. And I did because when we're 21, moving to Vegas is a great idea. (laughs) Prime opportunity. Absolutely. Because what can go wrong? I started working my career at Stateline and the security in a case in a casino industry is completely different than the security that I'm used to. I went from watching an empty hotel in the fine, fine city of Paramount, California. Paramount. Uh, uh, during the grave shift hours and keeping away all the interesting and unique individuals that show up uh, to the building after hours uh-huh. to walking around with a group of people as they empty out the slot machines of their money. I went out there, applied. They offered me the job immediately, and 
I spent 20 years in that fine, fine city. Nice. I didn't even know 20 years in Vegas. Oh, I thought he was saying 20 years in California. It was 20 years in Vegas. Well, 21 years in California, and then he moved to Vegas, and you were there for 20 years. Correct. Wow, man, you you look good for, (laughs) what are you, 42, 41, Uh, 21? I have have the the mind of a 16-year-old. Love it. I act childish, but uh, love it. Always welcome here. Take the elevator. Keep it young. Keep it young. Yes, please. Absolutely. So, Fonzie, tell me, man. Once you got to Vegas or State Line, what was the atmosphere out there like for you? So, working out uh, at State Line was unique. Casinos out there usually get a lot of uh, people that just drive by. They'll, They'll be there for the weekend and at home, or you got people travelers who are traveling from one spot to another that would stay at one of the casinos out there there really isn't much to do out there at state line other than the three casinos but when people go to vegas they go to vegas because of the strip the clubs and all the extra entertainment that the city provides Mm. i was gonna say the errs after the strip errs entertainment (laughs) but state line really doesn't provide that yeah state line was more of a get out for the weekend type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's way more affordable than going to some high-end establishment on the strip. So we always got like people who didn't really want to spend a whole lot of money, but want to get bank for their buck. I mean, the hotels at State Line, one of them was $21 a night. You really can't go wrong with that. Wow. Yeah, but that was years ago. I don't know if you can get that kind of money now. Oh, okay. Cause, uh, I was like, I'm going right now. Can we go? <laughs> Let's just hurry this podcast up and drive to State Line. Yeah. So- Fonz, you told me this story, this incredible story. And the way you set the scenery is kind of what I want you to do for the audience this time around, too. Just so they can get the the whole what time of day and, and how it all began to unfold. And and in this story, I'm going to go ahead and tell everyone, Fonzie is the, is the hero. He's the hero. Yeah. Okay. He's not being saved by someone. He's actually saving someone's life, literally. Mm. And so I think it's interesting how... He's going to set this scene, and I just want to turn the floor over to you and allow you to just give us this story. So I worked the graveyard shift. Okay. And I ended up outside doing a patrol, and I saw that there was a uh, female walking on the on-ramp of the freeway. For those of you who have gone to State Line, the freeways are located just outside the parking lots of the casinos. I called it in, letting uh, my team know that I was going to make contact because of what I saw. And is this normal to do, to call it in and, and tell, inform the team on what's going on? Absolutely, because the worst thing you want is something to go sideways and people not know where you're at. Gotcha. Okay. So from a personal security standpoint, you call it in. You let your team know where you're at at all times. I made contact uh, with this lady who was in her 40s and she looked sad and I started talking to her and I'm asking her what she's doing and she says that she's tired and she just wants to end it all and i was like end it me being naive because it's my first year year and a half working security out there once again a little bit different than what i'm used to started asking questions like what do you mean end it all and she says i'm tired of my life i'm just gonna end it so looking for further clarification i asked her like are you trying to kill yourself she says yes I asked, you know, is it really that serious? And she says, yes, I'm, I'm done with life. She was planning on walking up to the freeway and just stepping in front of a large enough vehicle that would end her life. Wow. I, I got to ask you a question here because at this moment, you're 21 years old, correct? Correct. 
And so had you ever had any kind of situation like that happen before? No. So this is first time experience and in its in real time. Correct. The first time that I encountered something like that and the amount of panic within me got just got going because the next few minutes could change this woman's life forever. Yeah. yeah those next few minutes are crucial and critical. So quick question to the training that you get for that type of work. Was that included? There is no talking someone off a ledge training that uh okay. that I was a part of because none of us really think that we're going to be put in a situation like that. Right. So no, no real trainings. We're like shooting from the hip. Okay. Continue, please. As soon as I wrap my head around the whole situation, I empathize with her and I felt bad. And I started, I started talking to her, trying to get an understanding on why she wanted to do what she want, what she was planning on doing. I asked her if she had kids and she said, yeah, go think about your kids. She says, my kids, they're not going to miss me. They don't need me. And then, you know, I was raised old school Catholic. So I asked, like, are you religious? And she says, yes, I'm a, I believe in God. And then I said, I was like, well, knowing what you know of God and what your religion, this is an unforgivable sin. You can't. Once you do this, there's no turning back. And she was adamant. She's like, I don't care. I'm going to end my life. There's nothing you can say. And the whole time that I'm talking to her, she would stop and talk. But then she progressed towards the freeway slowly mm-hmm. but surely. The only thing I'm trying to do is not just listen to her and give her somebody to talk to, but I'm stalling for backup for people to show up to help me. Right. And sorry, but I got to ask a question. You're going through your Rolodex of problem solving. You're attempting to talk her off the ledge before it goes any further. At any point, did you feel like, okay, I'm running out of suggestions and I need some help like right now because I don't know what else to ask her. Now, I knew that I needed help, but I knew that no matter what I had to do was keep on talking. Mm. Just keep on talking. Keep her engaged with me. Kind of like distract somebody from what they actually want to do. Just keep their mind focused on something else just to distract them long enough to come up with a with an alternate solution or, or an alternate plan. But I knew that as soon as I stopped talking or stopped engaging, she might do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Point taken, yeah. After a few minutes of talking, I get a call on the radio. And as soon as I turn, key up my, uh, my radio, she takes off running towards the freeway. She just jetted out. She just jetted out. She was a, she was about five foot five, medium build mm-hmm. person. And back in those days, I was probably a good, you know, 380. Nice, hefty sized guy because I never met a super sized meal I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So she takes off running. I run right after her. I catch up to her and we both fall to the ground. She fought me tooth and nail to, to break away from me. All I remember was thinking two things. I let go of her. She's going to keep on running. And me being in the shape that I am, I may not be able to catch her in time a second time. The second thing I was thinking that if, if someone drives past us, all they're going to see is this big man fighting a female and they might get the wrong impression mm-hmm. and inter- and trying to intervene with all the right personal reasons, but not really have a full idea of what's actually going on. Right. Did you ever stop in your mind and say, I just need to stop and let her go? No, because if I can stop somebody from doing something or making a bad a bad decision that's going to last a lifetime, why not? Right. Um, And that's what she was looking for, a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Whatever she was going through, there had to be a a different way. Right. 
I knew that if she got up, she started started running. There was no way I was going to catch up to her again. So I did. We were trained on how to handcuff people. So I pulled out my handcuffs and I handcuffed one of her wrists. But she, I couldn't get control of her other hand. Mm-hmm. Before she got up and started running, I just handcuffed her wrist to my wrist. And I didn't care how strong she was. She wasn't going to run with my healthy self attached to her. So wait a minute. Let me Let me understand this. You're in full fight with a female who is set on taking her own life. Correct. You all but tackle her and wrestle her to the ground to stop her from doing this. Correct. At some point in time, you remember, okay, I I know I can handcuff this woman and possibly get her to stop or at least hold her in place. You can't get a hold to the other arm, so you then handcuff her to you. Using myself as an anchor? Correct. Jen, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a few thoughts because the time span, it couldn't have been that long. And just to hear how you process this, you use empathy. You make sure to keep her engaged. You rationalize that I probably won't catch her for the second time around. You know, understanding your size and your ability to move and, you know, in chasing her. I just think that's amazing. Like when I hear stories like this, I always wonder if I was in that situation, would I be able to process that quickly and maneuver and really be intentional about every move, every thought? And I think that's the part of heroism that I or being heroic that I think really resonates with me because maybe I'm not. I don't process typically quick that way. That's what I'm thinking. And, like, that's a lot to go through in a in a short amount of time. And someone's life literally depends on your ability to move and act. And that's why I asked you, because I'm thinking to myself, what would I have done? And I'm not sure if I would have went to the lengths he went to. And that's important because, like you said, this is what makes someone heroic or a hero. Right. You see, but I don't think it's being heroic. I just think it's doing the right thing. Hello. During the right situation. Yeah. I was put on that path for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. I came across this young lady. And I and back then I would have said older lady because I was in my 20s. But now that I'm in my 40s as well. She's young. That young lady. <laughs> I came across her for a specific reason. I don't care what our belief system is, but our paths cross for a specific reason yeah. that day or that night. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had asked you earlier, Alfonso, and you know we were chatting. I said, "Did you do you remember her name? Did you ever get her name?" I I I got her name, but for the life of me, I just can't remember it. I hope that she's doing better. I hope that me too. She spent her upcoming Thanksgiving, you know, with her kids and her grandkids. Mm. I hope that she realized that she almost made a bad decision. I just all I can do is hope. That's all I can do, I guess. And so before we get to the tail end of that, I just want to make sure that the listeners are aware she didn't succeed that night in doing what she was attempting to do. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, my backup, the rest of my coworkers finally arrived as well as the highway patrol and the paramedics. Oh, nice. So when they came and got her, did she exchange looks with you? Any words? Like, what was that like? She was angry. Yeah. She was angry that she couldn't do what she wanted to do. But I also think that I didn't take it personal. Right. Of course. Um, I just understand that, that maybe she just wasn't in the right state of mind, that mm-hmm. she just needs some other, some other kind of help to get her where she's got to go. And when I think of this story, too, is, man, it's, you wake up, 
And it's <laughs> a day at the job at Stateline. The fine city of Las Vegas and Stateline is completely unique. Completely uh-huh. unique. There are incidents and stories that happen up and down mm-hmm. that people have to step in and help every single every single day, multiple times a day. And what's funny is people like people will say like, "Wow, I didn't hear that happen," or "I didn't hear that happen." Mm-hmm. And technically, if if a security department is doing their job correctly, no one else will ever hear about it. Alfonso, you, I, I'm just curious because I, I love the story. When so you worked at Stateline, and then did you ever work in the city of Vegas itself? I did. Uh, I bounced around to a couple of places uh, on the strip. So you've seen all of Vegas. I've seen Vegas, the fine, fine city of Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a love hate relationship. Yeah. With, with that city. I love the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that I met my family there, my wife. But just like anything else, it can't be good to me all the time because mm-hmm. you don't appreciate really good stuff unless you slapped around a couple of times. And it's a city where we invite, come to our city, act like complete fools, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. But I also understand that when dental hygienists from Wichita, Kansas, comes to Las Vegas and drinks six liters of gray goose and he's not in a state in his right state of mind. Someone should intervene and make sure he doesn't do anything crazy, gets back to his hotel room safely because this isn't the regular Corey that we're used to. Right. Regular Corey lives back home and he's got he's a father, family of four, and he's only in Las Vegas losing his mind because that's what we ask you to do in this fine, fine city. So incredible to think of it that way when I've never thought about it that way before. I really appreciate you coming out and sharing this story with us and not only just appreciate it because it's a, a good story, but because it's a learning experience that I just encountered. We forget that people go to Vegas for fun and relaxation and to lose their minds, not understanding that there are people out there working to take care of their families and you're putting their lives at risk. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Alfonso, you've shared just some stories too before this. I wish, you know what? I wish we just recorded that whole four hours that we just hung out (laughs) because I'm telling you, I get excited when I meet someone who's in the field of something that they're great at and hearing you and how you um, de-escalate situations, how you speak to people, how you make them feel special and important, even though they're in a bad state and be, and then have them connect with you in a very heightened, scary moment for them is amazing. That's a gift. That is is a a gift. gift. You know, us at take the elevator. We always say, look up and let's elevate. elevate. Every day